Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Sam. Another Oscars in the books. In the bag. We survived it. Yes, this one was a little easier to survive than last. Honestly, it was like a little boring right there in the middle. There's mm-hmm. definitely a second act lull. Yeah. They should have planned something. Maybe well, fireworks. I think they intentionally planned nothing to happen. <laughs> like they tried really hard to make sure nothing happened. Yeah. Well, at least they achieved that. Wow. This was like a pleasantly good year. No, I didn't leave angry. There was parts that made me a little nervous and there were parts that kind of made me go like, Ugh. But I was not upset. No, I mean, there are two films that really sweeped, and then there are like four films that got nothing. I for sure thought that it was going to be like a more unilateral win, you know, for a bunch. Because there's so many good films this year. Yeah. With some really big, high-profile filmmakers. It was a little interesting that basically two films took everything home. Yeah. Which I did not expect. Which would be Elvis. Yes, of and course. Avatar. And Avatar. <laughs> totally swept. Uh, we'll get into all of these categories and see whether our predictions came true. But I'm just a little annoyed. Films that got nothing at all made it to the best picture category. Like, then couldn't we have put something else or had just less? Yeah. Like, when did we all agree there could be 14 fucking films in the category? Yeah, they max out the category every year. And so Everyone from Top Gun had to show up, all 20 of those, like, (laughs) fighter pilots, and to win nothing. Not Tom Cruise, though. Tom Cruise was not in the building. God, if he had shown up, they would have made fun of him a little less. But I actually can't remember the last Academy Awards I saw him at. Does Tom Cruise not attend award shows? What? I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, I saw that right before... I went to go watch the Oscars at the subtextual Oscar party. I saw on Twitter someone had posted that he was not going to be there, but that Gaga was going to be there. Maybe, apparently she wasn't going to be there before. Oh, really? And it was like a last minute. Restraining order. Yeah. (gasps) I don't... (laughs) What? Against who? Uh, I mean, if they have one against each other, like... They can't, they both can't go or something. The the reason that I, I, this is at the forefront of my mind was because a Taylor Swift impersonator who's very famous on TikTok was invited to the Grammys and she flew all the way to Los Angeles and she got there and they said, like, we have no ticket for you because she has an active restraining order. Like, Taylor Swift has an active restraining order against this person. What? Like, for a purpose or just because she looks like her? I don't know. I don't know why, but people are speculating. This is all speculative that Taylor Swift has an active restraining order against this person because they look super, super similar. And it's like she's kind of obsessed with Taylor Swift. You don't say. (laughs) It's almost like she's built her whole life around it. Can you imagine like if there was a Gaga impersonator at the Grammys or someplace where you know she's supposed to be? That would cause insane confusion. No, absolutely. Because... With how much, like, celebrities try to, like, fade into the background, you can see, like, a fuzzy semi-lookalike of Colin Farrell and be like, holy shit, that is Colin <laughs> Farrell. When was yeah. the last time you saw, like, a celeb face-to-face or, like, a, a, a wild sighting? Oh, okay. So my close friend, I was supposed to meet them at a bar, and I was, like, running a little bit late, and then they called me, and they're like, dude, fucking get over here. Phoebe Bridgers is here. <gasps> And I was like, no fucking shit. And they're like, yeah, we just saw her at like Hangout Fest. She must be like touring through this area or something. She's like right at the bar. And I was like, oh my God, okay, well, like, hold on. And like sped all the way there. I got there. It was just somebody with like 
vaguely a similar haircut, but so discerningly different. I was so upset. I was like, I got like three camera tickets on the way here <laughs> thinking I was going to see I'm Phoebe Bridges. illegally <laughs> yes. outside. My car is getting towed. This poor person, I was just staring them down, like angrily shouting at my friend and like referring to them being like, they look nothing like it. <laughs> look over and you're just like waving your arms <laughs> around. <laughs> what about you? What's the last like real celebrity you saw? This is actually almost... Exactly a year ago, we went out to this like nice but secret wine garden for my partner's birthday. And it was like me and his whole family. And we like look across the restaurant and there's like a big long table of fancy LA looking people. And at the head of the table was James Franco. They had his head on the table. <laughs> they were eating him. They were eating him rib <laughs> by rib. Uh, he's looking real ragged these days, but it was definitely James Franco. Um, and I had to explain to Bruno's mom, like, who James Franco was. And finally, the point of reference that we got to was the goblin's son in The the Good Spider-Man. Yeah, you had to um, work it back, all the way back <laughs> to like, the Tobey so... Maguire Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lee, have you seen any, like, celebs in the wild? I, I have, and I can't think of a good one, like, recently, because sometimes I'll work behind the scenes interviewing cast and stuff. So I do see celebrities on set and that's kind of like so i have like a starstruck feeling sometimes but in the wild like the one like notable one but this is so long ago was uh i saw l fanning at origami at the sushi restaurant here in town what origami it's like not even a good sushi <laughs> restaurant even, yeah you're talking about origami this, well this my, was like literally probably like five eight years ago or something this is a long time ago but yeah but still, it wasn't even it wasn't like better than origami. That is the restaurant. <laughs> no offense, origami. It is just fine. It's fine. Wow. Um. But yeah. Oh, you were saying about Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah. No, I I really don't know. Like the tweet that I saw had the angle of being like, "Is he afraid that they're going to make a Scientology joke?" I don't know if that's actually that was just like one person. Maybe that was the reason. Um, they did make a Scientology joke. And, uh, <laughs> we have to. Mm -hmm. But what you were saying, Lizzie, is, yeah, like, does he boycott award ceremonies? Because I was thinking, like, he must have been to the Oscars recently. But then also, I don't know, because has he been nominated for something recently? I don't Ooh, think so. That's a good point. Oh, I mean, he was a producer on Top Gun, which would mean he would get on stage if they won Best Picture. Right. I see. But uh, before that, I don't think so. Maybe he's filming something. Like another Mission Impossible in like Bulgaria. <laughs> I I feel like I could understand oh. what that person that Lee was referencing was saying because it's they always make jokes about Tom Cruise wherever he goes now that like yeah. I think if I was him I'd be just a little bit over it and he's yeah. probably been to a hundred fucking Oscars. Oh for sure. A quick Google search. This is from TV Line, so I don't know exactly, but this is from like the news app. It says that there was supposed to be. A three-minute riff on Tom Cruise was cut from Kimmel's monologue when Top Gun star was a no-show. So maybe there was some material. Huh. Oh, so he was he, invited. And he, was, he heard that there would be some material or something. So he decided not to come, maybe? He was most definitely invited because of Top Gun Oh, producing. for sure. He's oh, yeah. probably mm -hmm. invited every year. Like, Nicole Kidman right. was there. She wasn't in anything this year. You Maybe that's where the invite. restraining order came from. She didn't want to be... They've definitely run into each other at an event. It was Ugh. probably super awkward. Super awkward. Vanessa Hudgens, Austin Butler were both at the event. And I was waiting for her Wait, to they interview were dating? him for like a decade. What? Yeah. Okay. Also, I haven't heard – I might be the only person on earth that hadn't heard Austin Butler speak 
and like in his actual just live voice until last night or until so the, you still haven't heard him speak because that is not his voice <laughs> he is elvis i'm like this poor mother he is just elvis now <laughs> oscars are over and, somebody factory reset austin <laughs> butler <laughs> and you're uh, one of our friends like turned to me and was like oh he's gotten a lot better and i was like better it was bad I play a clip Elvis. Or, I mean, sorry, Austin. Austin Butler's here. How are you feeling tonight? First nomination for an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a dream come true. I can't believe I'm here right now. So I've, I've got I've got my best friend here with me, who is also my agent. I can't. This is my ick. This is my ick. This is where my ick starts. <laughs> but no, I had heard, maybe it's the same person that, like, his vocal coach, Austin Butler's vocal coach, or whatever, voice coach, had to come out and be like, because there's so many people were saying, why doesn't he like drop the Elvis voice? Like it's been over. And like his vocal coach came out and was like, no, it's a real thing. He may never sound like Austin Butler again. Cause they, it took like three years to make the movie. So the vocal coach was like, he may be stuck forever. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God. I mean, there are worse things. At least he wasn't like playing Guy Fieri or something. Yeah, that's true. Biopic. He wasn't like Scooby-Doo for three years. <laughs> Well, it does. I, I would hope it was non-elective, not that I want him to be stuck like that forever, but like it would be more impressive of him as an actor to hear his normal voice now and to know that he can switch between. But if he like gets stuck in every role, then you don't want Elvis playing like a mob boss, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes him a little less employable. We'll see what his next move is and if it's going to be like just a 50s period piece <laughs> <laughs> all right before we get into the categories we want to do a huge shout out to our patrons and we've got a really cool promotion going on lizzie don't we yeah we have a really cool special right now if you join the patreon or upgrade your membership to the gayest level which is the highest level not only do you get all the perks associated with that level like choosing a main feed episode every month but you also get a hat we have green hats we have black hats yes we do um, pictures of them on our Instagram. Yeah, and we have like um, all sorts of merch. Merch is coming. <laughs> Sam sent me a really good idea this morning. Lizzie has um, this little twinkle in her eye, you guys. It's going to be great. Every time we get a new piece of merch, I'm just so fucking tickled. We have these cute little stickers. Yeah, and we're working on some other interesting stuff. So, uh, But thanks to our patrons. And if that is not for you and you'd rather just listen for free, you're more than welcome to do that. We appreciate you for pressing play. Yeah, and if you join us over on Patreon, you get to hear our fan service, which is our bonus episode. And this month we're doing BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to know which Beauty and the Beast character Lizzie is. Or how much trivia of High School Musical Sam knows. <laughs> you could check that out on our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. So we made predictions on like 10 of the highest categories in our Oscar predictions episode a few weeks ago. How did we do, folks? Were we on the mark? Were we off the mark? I felt like I got very few of them right. No, actually, we all got only like a couple wrong. Good for us. What category or which win were you like the most jazzed about? Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, probably Michelle Yeoh, for sure. Mm, that yeah. made me really, really happy. Gosh, she deserved it on multiple levels. Because you know what is like so righteous about her winning is that every now and then there's an actor win that comes to an actor simply because like it's their time basically mm -hmm. or like they deserved it because they've been doing so much. But for her, like not only is that the case, she definitely deserved it. She's done so many incredible things and in so many iconic roles. But to win for this particular film, it's like, it's like both the things lined up perfectly mm -hmm. for her this time. And so... 
when she won, I literally like screamed bloody murder and, <laughs> and just like jumped out of my chair. I was so happy for her. And dude, I feel like the entire cast won an Oscar. Yeah. No. I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once, definitely sweeped. Do you swept? Go? Swept? Swapped? They were sweeping? <laughs> Anchor the handle. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everywhere, sweeping this year was, ooh, so, that was so good. So well-deserved. You know, Kihi Kwan once. Uh, actor in a supporting role. Jamie Lee Curtis won actress in a supporting role. Like I said, Michelle Yeoh won actress in a lead role, as well as the Daniels winning best director, the film winning best picture. Also, and best editing. Best editing and best original screenplay. Incredible. What a fat stat. What a, the most prestigious awards, I would have to say. No, yeah, those are those are my favorite awards. The only flack I'm seeing about these awards has been given to Jamie Lee Curtis's win for supporting actress. And we mentioned this in our predictions episode, but it's one of those, like Lizzie mentioned, where it's her time to get one, so she gets one. But I just, with all these other actresses, I'm just not seeing it personally. I I did not expect her to win. I did not. Not that she doesn't do great, but if you asked me to rank, like, who is most likely to win in this category, I would have put Jamie Lee Curtis last, mostly because it's such a silly role. Um, And, you know, it has its heartwarming moments. And she's... She's kind of, like, new to the non-genre scene, as far as I know. Like, I know her from thriller and horror movies, so this is kind of, like, the first time she was nominated for something that wasn't, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but it's Halloween. <laughs> whatever, same thing. But then you look at, I really thought it was going to go to Angela Bassett because, you know, she deserves it. She's such an icon. Hong Chow's role in The Whale was emotionally stunning. Carrie Condon even was... A standout for Banshees. And then Stephanie Hsu. I really thought it was going to be Stephanie Hsu. Yeah, we all three of us on our predictions predicted Stephanie Hsu, which, I mean, those other roles are great. Just Stephanie had so much to do. She was like such a heavy hitter in regards to the film and her character was just insanely more complex. I don't know. She was a rock and I was crying. Like, (laughs) what more can you ask for? Lee, what did you feel when Jamie Lee Curtis won the award? Yeah, I agree. I was just kind of surprised. Well, if we even just take it back further, I think we might have, I don't know if we agreed on this, but I was definitely surprised that she was nominated. Not that it was like a bad performance, but just that's, you know, in comparison to the other nominees and it just didn't strike me as an Academy nominated performance but no i mean like i guess i also can't be mad because it's like a movie that i really loved i feel like also you know it's a way to recognize her career but also i feel like she's been like a pretty big champion for everything everywhere all at once like the new halloween movies like she i don't know if she is was she a producer on everything or no i I just feel like she's she's just like a public figure who is championing the movie a lot so Maybe that's in a way recognizing her just like contribution, I guess, just like excitement about cinema. Yeah, because we we touched on this a bit, but it is political. You do have to campaign for your role and for your your film. So like Lee's saying, she's been very outspoken. And because she's like an industry giant, I think her voice carries a little bit mm-hmm. longer. So it doesn't surprise me too much, but I was just hoping it would be a little different. But they swept... As they, they deserve to have swept. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis, she did not expect to win no. unless she's just like really, really, I mean, a good actor. Obviously, she is. She has an award for it. But like her face was like, 
shocked. She did not seem to think that that was going to be the case. And I, of all the speeches I heard that night, hers is the one that really resonated with me a lot because she, I mean, everyone has to show gratitude when they win the awards and everyone does, but her gratitude, I thought of like saying like, this is not just me. This is like everyone behind me in any movie I've ever made. I really appreciated that. That's not the kind of egoless thing you see with a lot of like actors like at her level. So I really appreciated that. Stephanie Shu, your time will come, baby. Hong Chao, your time will come. You know what kind of made me a little nervous though? Why was All Quiet winning fucking wah, everything? Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Lizzie, someone on Twitter goes like, I'm sure it's a part of the score, but every time they get on stage to accept an award, I feel like Darth Vader is entering or something. Right, like it just feels so ominous. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so you're the only one in this room that saw the film. Yeah. Do you like applaud all the things that it won? I'm torn because... Yes, I saw the film, and yes, I believe it was a good film. And also, me banking on the film so hard was why I scored so well at our Oscars party. It would have been nice to see the technical awards spread out, but it's that thing that we mentioned where it's it's the most cinematography, it's the most mm-hmm. sound, it's the most, you know, it is such a feat technically that it doesn't let the other films shine for being a little bit less. So... Yeah, I think it deserved the technical awards, but you can make a case for any of the other films as well. Right. Yeah, I guess it just seemed like the obvious choice being like a war movie, being so high budget. So yeah, I was a little disappointed that cinematography in particular and international feature didn't go another way. But what am I to say? I haven't seen the film, so can I even be that mad? But there were just so many great films that didn't get shit. Like we couldn't have spread it around a little bit. Yeah, so Tar... Elvis, The Fablemans, and one other film that I'm blanking on received... Oh, Banshees. I think Banshees got score. No. It didn't? All Quiet got score. Oh, shit. Banshees got nothing. So, like I'm saying, like, why nominate it for Best Picture and not give it anything? Right. Just, Just don't put it in Best Picture. It was a little inconsistent for me. But all in all, the biggest awards, I think, went in the right direction. The Daniels winning directing kind of floored me. I don't know why I didn't expect that to be the case, though I really wanted it to be the case. I was very happy to see that happen. I was most pumped for Women Talking winning adapted screenplay. I wanted it so bad, and I really didn't think we were going to get it. We fucking got it. Yeah, that was juicy. Ugh, so well-deserved. Yeah, and Sarah Polly seemed, like, really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Like, she was very jazzed to be up there, and... She's going to do more and more and more. And so she, she's just beginning. Mm-hmm. What was y'all's favorite speeches? Love the Daniel speech. Which one? Both <laughs> <laughs> were good, yeah. I forget what Daniel Scheinhart said about drag queens, but I'm wondering, can we play it? Sure. We want to dedicate this to the mommies, all the mommies of the world, to our moms. Uh, Specifically, my mom and dad, Ken and Becky, thank you for not squashing my creativity when I was making really disturbing horror films or really perverted comedy films or dressing in drag as a kid, which is a threat to nobody. Uh, And uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who worked on our movie. Uh, The world is opening up to the fact that uh, genius does not stem from individuals like us on stage, but rather genius emerges from the collective. My incredible son, Gio, who rearranged my DNA every day, and it's awful and beautiful every single time. Um, (laughs) If you ever watch this, 
I hope you know that uh, you should never have to live up to this standard. This is not normal. This is kind of crazy. I will love you no matter what. Um, Two thoughts from I, me on that speech. Number one, it's really refreshing to have someone of our generation nominated for Best Director because it so rarely is. It's usually someone who's like put in the decades, made the classics, made the billions for studios. And though they're absolutely commercially successful, they still create films with the kind of creativity and the lens of someone who grew up how we grew up in the time that we grew up in. And I think that that's really inspiring. And, and obviously, like, their excitement is so much more elevated. And, um, and yeah, and the second thing is that Daniel Kwan's red suit is everything. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a take on Evelyn's red cardigan. Yeah. Oh, with the punk on the background. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, so good. So good. I love, you know, that point at the end where he's like, you know, this is not the standard. It's reminding me of Olivia Coleman's incredible uh, acceptance speech where she says, this won't happen again. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, we don't believe you, Olivia. And it is it is great to see someone of a younger generation receive this award because typically when these like massive directors, Spielberg, who's like getting to make whatever he wants now because he's done his time and served the industry, it's sad because you think, do I have to put in all that work to make something I really want to do? Right. And it's like with the Daniels, everything they do is exactly what they want to be doing and they're not doing it for other people. So it's satisfying to know that that can get both commercial success, as you're saying, and critical acclaim. Yeah, they really hit the nail on the head with the film they wanted to make coming at the time it was made and needed to be told. And it was just... I, I went to sleep so peaceful on Sunday night with all the wins that that film took home. Like, I was like, finally, I, I do feel that the proper team went home with the proper awards. And Kate Blanchett didn't seem too mad that she lost to Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I think it's just a, it's just bad timing for Kate Blanchett because this is – Tar was Kate Blanchett's – her best performance of her entire career. Mm -hmm. But she herself seems pretty – like, I don't feel like Kate Blanchett does it for the attention. Like, she really just wants to make stuff. And she's notoriously always, like, said yes to things that people didn't expect her to say yes to or wouldn't have dreamed that she would say yes to. Like, she wanted to work with Del Toro. And she's like, I'll take any part you have in Pinocchio. And he's like, how about a monkey? And she's like, yes. <laughs> and, like, threw herself into the role of a monkey, you know. So she's she's doing all right. And she has her Oscars, too. The only person this season that I noticed that looked a little salty was Todd Field, actually. And maybe that's just his, like, resting bitch face. But every time they cut to him, he looks like he can't stand the environment he's in. <laughs> he probably can't. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I have to come to the Oscars, and we got literally nothing. Dust. Not yeah. even nothing. I would have put cinematography. Cinematography, original sure. screenplay is what I had it down for. Yeah. Because, Jesus, that thing was like a novel. Yeah. And it was like an actual original idea. Kehi Kwan. How, is that uh, how you say his name? Kiwi We all predicted that. And yeah. I mean, I think it was just, uh, you know, it had to go to him. But I, yeah, just the energy, his energy. I love that speech. Uh, he said something like, I almost gave up on my dreams. It's like, I, di I didn't give up. You know, like, don't give up on your dreams. It's pretty cool. Oh, his like happiness was just radiating. I was so excited for him. And like Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, like he's done so much to pump up the film and the filmmakers. And 
you know, and he's he's stuck it out there even whenever he was getting typecast in the most bullshit roles. And he still, like, made such a great career for himself and has secretly been, like, one of the most multifaceted actors of 2022 by far. Every single everything win felt so refreshing because you see someone get up on stage in their little suit and think their little agent and then scuttle off and they looked sad and tired and they look like they're having no fun whatsoever. And then Kiki Kwan gets up there and he's like, I love my mom and what the <laughs> fuck I'm here and I won and this shit is crazy. It felt like it felt like a party, mm-hmm. you know? Same with Jamie Lee Curtis. She was throwing a fucking gala of excitement on the stage. I just can only imagine the sound mixer of the awards is like constantly having to like, <laughs> all right, uh, the Germans are back on stage for wah, best whatever. Wah, wah. Bring it up. All right, Jamie Lee Curtis is coming. She's going to scream. Bring that down. Bring it down. <laughs> it's what Lee does for us here. <laughs> Uh, what about Brendan Fraser? How do you guys feel about that one? Okay, wait. I have I have to look up one thing real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, Brendan Fraser. How do you say it it's now? Fraser, like I'm going to say Fraser anyway. Let me say Fraser. But I don't want it. You know right. Nobody's ever got my name. Brendan Fraser. Fraser. So like he a wasn't joking in Dickie Roberts' former child star. It's Fraser, like it's with a Z, not an S. Fra- Brendan Fraser. Holy shit. This is changing everything. I woke up in the middle of the night last night like, what the, which way is it? Who's right? (laughs) In a cold sweat. (laughs) Brendan Fraser. I was very happy for that win. I know that is a very controversial film, a very controversial role, but I'm, I'm really proud of him. And, and I I like that he brought his, his genuine self to his uh, acceptance speech as well. That was lovely. It was it was great to see. I mean, that category specifically felt very evenly matched, though mm-hmm. I had not seen The Whale or Living with Bill Nighy. But the other contenders felt like they were giving that muscle power, just like Brendan Fraser was from the clips that I've seen. So it could have gone a lot of different ways and I'd have been happy, but it was very refreshing to see Brendan up there. Yeah. I want him to do more movies. Oh, speaking of new, I didn't get to like watch it completely, but there was like some sort of teaser for a Disney Plus thing with like Michelle and Key and the whole group. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that at the end of our Everything Everywhere All at Once episode that they had just wrapped production at the time that we released that episode. But now they have teasers, but it's their family again. American Born Chinese is a new Disney Plus series mm. and it has a premiere date. Oh, it does now? Will drop Wednesday, May 24th. So in a couple months. Oh, it's apparently based on a graphic novel. Tells the story of an average teenager juggling high school life with his home life, but also something about mythological gods. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And they'll have Michelle Yeoh there to kick major ass. Yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah. So looking forward to that. All right. So what'd y'all think of Jimmy Kimmel, the host? Jimothy Kimmel. <laughs> Jim- <laughs> I, I think he did what he had to do. Uh, I think I've seen it go really bad before, so I was mostly relieved. The jokes were, I mean, obviously they were trying to avoid hurting anyone's feelings and anyone getting struck because Mm. all the jokes were very like, hearty, har, har. You know, they weren't too crazy. My favorite joke was when he brought that little donkey on stage. It's not even a joke. I just like the little donkey. Aw, yeah. I think the like craziest thing he said was he took a dig at Babylon. I forget what it is that he said. Do you remember, Lee? Basically, 
making light of the how much money that movie lost, yeah. which was probably a lot of mm. money. So yeah, that's not. I guess it's never fun to talk about. Yeah, that I think it was that, but nobody from Babylon's going to come up there and take Jimmy Kimmel. They're all like ninety pounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, the stage was like elevated. Like it was, if you notice, like you'd have to like throw a grappling hook or something to get on stage. <laughs> oh, they probably did that on purpose because last year it was like level to the ground. Well, there was chairs like walking up on to the it. Stage. Yeah. Like Will Smith didn't have to go down or up. He just walked like straight across almost. They literally created a perfect storm. Do you think the like PA who like was like right this way, Mr. Smith, and like put him at his table was like, oh, he's definitely feeling something tonight. Something's <laughs> about to go down. Should I like tell a producer? I'm glad that didn't happen again this year. Oof. It did have like a vibe like people were a little uneasy. Yeah, everyone was like trying to be on their best behavior. I saw like some viewership numbers. Apparently the broadcast viewership for this year was a little bit higher than last year, but like not anywhere near as much as it has been in the past. Like people are just not watching the Oscars like they used to. Not us. <laughs> We're still in it. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah. Rihanna performed. Oh, yeah. Rihanna did perform. At our Super Bowl and the other fake Super Bowl, too. The one with the balls. <laughs> yeah. The musical performances, I liked them. I don't think I loved any of the songs, though. So I was just kind of like feeling the vibes. Mm -hmm. I think it is funny that like Gaga came full glam and then like had to go to the bathroom and like wash all of her makeup off to do uh, her song. Okay. Whenever she was on the red carpet, I did not even recognize her at first because she was wearing such, like, high glamour makeup. I was like, who is that? And I was like, wait, is that Gaga? Yeah, I think she's been wearing that look to the Oscars since A Star is Born. But last year it looked, like, clean. And the year before it looked really clean. This it felt like it was, like, too much. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. like, I don't know, like, wedding glamour makeup or something. I didn't know what the vibe they were going for with Gaga's performance there. I felt like it was lost on me, but maybe it's because I don't remember the song in the film Top Gun. Mm -hmm. She like presented it as like, I just like, I had like this idea and um, and she was like, we kind of wrote this in my garage. I think like that was the vibe. Oh, it's supposed like, to go back to like the inception of the song. Mm, maybe. It definitely felt like stripped down, which I was I was totally fine with. And she was like basically acapella most of it. And she's got an amazing voice. So mm -hmm. I was into it. There was like a really, the shot they used to like go into her performance was so weird. It was like a super wide and then they like zoomed up really creepily till it was like just a super close up. And I was like, why do I feel weird watching this? She's great. I was like, that was just a weird choice. And you got to remember, it is a live show for the folks in the audience. So if they're looking at someone, and there's a camera two inches from their face. Like right. it does kind of take you out of the performance a bit. Yeah. I thought the the song from RRR, which ended up winning, was a fucking banger. I had I've never seen that film and hadn't heard that song, but once it started, I was like, "This is what I'm talking about. This mm -hmm. is what I wanted." I went and I changed my guess for that category after that performance because I was like, "Shit, oh yeah, nothing's did. coming close to that." And then it won, and I was like, oh, "Hell yeah!" Oh, that felt pretty good too. I've never even seen the film, but I it's caught like a couple waves of popularity, and I think it's hitting like another wave. Like everyone I know is watching it. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, if most of the movie or even like some of the movie is, has the energy of that song, like I want to watch it like tonight. Oh, hell yeah. I love the speech. Those, uh, the guy yeah. basically started off by singing, which is really cool. <laughs> it was like singing a song in his speech. But I haven't seen it either. I haven't oh, seen the, the Carpenters, film. right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, yeah. I haven't seen the film, but I everyone who has seen it 
was telling me it's like it's just weird that it wasn't nominated for more stuff. Right. It seemed yeah. like it could have been the way people have been talking about it. It was kind of like everything everywhere. It it had legs like it kept coming up over the whole year. Yeah, I was worried that the buzz for everything everywhere all at once would have died down because it came out so early in 2022 that most of the other films that were contenders like Avatar was right at the end of the deadline. So I'm like, oh right. shit, is it going to get votes because people have seen it recently? Right. No, everything, whoever handled marketing for that film over at A24, it kind of like defied all statistics of what we're supposed to understand about like cinema after COVID, quote unquote. Like it mm. was in theaters for months and it even went back in theaters right before the Oscars. Like it's back in theaters again, which is crazy. I think I read somewhere that A24 won in every single category. It definitely... In the major categories, at least. It definitely picked up the most awards. Well, because, look, Kiki Kwan, Everything Every All at Once, A24, Jamie Lee Curtis, Film Editing, Everything Every All at Once. The Whale. Uh, the Whale, Brendan Fraser, Fraser excuse me. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front would probably be those technical exceptions, but right. in the major categories, A24, A24 like swept. Yeah, A24 and Netflix really representing this year. Um, which is pretty interesting because A24 takes on like the more traditional model, but more risky films, I guess, whereas Netflix is like all streaming. It's an interesting world we live in. So, okay, my final question for you both. Yes. Have you seen any films in 2023 that you think are going to be at next year's Oscars? Ooh, I've only just seen Scream 6, <laughs> <laughs> which I have a feeling won't be at next year's Oscars. Mathurigan, best VFX. <laughs> Saying it now. That actually could be something. Oh, I think Bo's Afraid is going to have a Joaquin Phoenix nom. I haven't even seen barely anything about that film, but Magic I have a feeling. Mike. Magic Mike. <laughs> best adapted screenplay. The only movie I saw in theaters was Titanic 3D. Which is cool. <laughs> 3D? Was it terrifying? It was good. No, it was good. It was good? Yeah, it works. It oh, works. James Cameron was also someone who's just like, you know what? I'm too busy to go to the Oscars. <laughs> He's got yeah. enough of them, probably. What about Cocaine Bear? You think that's a good contender? Elizabeth Banks, best director? Let's go. <laughs> oh, her, she was one of the most natural, like, announcers to me. I liked her jokes. Yeah, because you can't make a fool of yourself. You're already going out there with a cocaine bear. Oh, my God. Wait, Malala was in the audience Malala and they sicked there. cocaine bear on her and asked her that stupid question <laughs> about Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine. Why would you do that? It's Malala, for God's sakes. Leave her alone. If I was Malala, I'd wake up that morning and be like, I have a feeling they're going to do something fucking weird. <sighs> she was just there to like coax some money out of like George Clooney. Like yeah. she wasn't there to be. She had a great prodded. answer. She was basically just like, I only talk about peace. I was like, you better work. That's classy. <laughs> Malala is classy. Harry Styles wakes up the next day. They're like, they asked who what about me? <laughs> You're like, I didn't want to get dragged into this. <laughs> I guess we'll see what um, films are coming out in the next few months that are going to blow our little gay minds for next year's Super Bowl. Yeah. See which teams are, are playing in next year's <laughs> Super Bowl. Can't wait. All right, folks. We'll be back next week with another film that we'll break down for you. Uh, let us know what you felt about the Oscars. Were you upsetsies? Were you happiesies? Were you surprisedies? Yeah, were you zeased of any kind? <laughs> Please let us know. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.